special thanks to Brank for hosting the farm party. It, we didn't get to go again this year, and I promised him we're going to be there. It started to storm, and, and sometimes, you know when you have six kids, the thought of as you look at the rain and say, well, I know we'll be in a metal barn, but to take all of that, somehow get it in that, and then take it to that, and then take it to, I just say forget it. Isn't that terrible? You know what I mean? When you all say forget it, I'm like, all right, y'all got a choice, and, and I just felt terrible, but he does such a tremendous job, and what a blessing it is that, that he does that. And, and so I found something out last week, and I don't think Dave is here. David Petty, you're not here, right? Oh, good. He's on vacation. He reminded me last week, and I forgot all about this. He said, you know, that I'm your insurance agent, and I go to the church. I was like, oh, my goodness, that totally slipped my mind. So I'll no longer be sharing any stories about ovens, fires, anything like that, because we need insurance. And so that's over. So that excitement, you'll have to just ask us personally. Um, and so I won't, maybe in Sunday school, he's not in there. Well, his daughter is, so never mind. It's over. So um, you'll just have to ask my wife. And uh, anyway, it's good to be here this morning, again, journeying through the book of Mark. Um, I want to also share with you that I can still share chicken stories, and we tried to eat outside, and we wanted these friendly chickens that would, like, love us, you know what I mean, and, like, enjoy the kids and chase them and stuff, and uh, we have one that lives in the house part-time, and so, um, and long story there, but we tried to eat outside just the other night, and, you know, when friendly chickens are friendly, they don't know like dogs. You know, you beat the dog and they don't eat at the table. Do you know what I'm saying? And so our dogs don't eat at the table, but the chickens don't get it. And so every time we swatted them, they just hop back up and, like, take something off the plate. It was awful. Anyway, they stole our kids' cucumbers, tomatoes. It was just a scene of seven chickens while we're trying to eat. Like, ants just kept jumping. Didn't they jump on my shoulder and stuff? And they're eating over my shoulder. I'm like, this, we're not eating outside anymore. But anyway... So now we're going to be hermits. But um, I am a fan of my chickens. The one has just, like, stolen my heart. I'm about to replace the dog so we can have him in the house all the time. But they're not potty trained. And I did watch online that you can take a mask. So here's another use. And you can wrap it around the feathers, and it serves as a, as a scoop. You know what I mean? So anyway. Um, but right now, it would be scooping a lot because they're eating our vegetables a lot out of our garden. So anyway, it would be a little watery. So... If you have your Bibles, great way to start, right? You're going to see how this fits. You're going to say, Pastor, at least I didn't use me as an example. So um, Mark 7, chapter 14, um, going through 23. And once you have that, if you would please stand for the reading of God's word and in honor of him this morning. Now, obviously, if you're, you're reading out of a Bible, you're going to see that these are red letters which are significant, which means these are words that Jesus spoke, words that we need to hold on to dear and near to our heart. I also want you to be reminded that oftentimes when Jesus spoke in, in the word of God, he was speaking to the Pharisees, the disciples, or large groups of people. And so here we see him going in and out of ministry and in and out of pulling his closest followers. Here's a situation, he pulls them in and says, hey, here's the reality. Then they go back out. Then he pulls them in and says, here's the real thing. Here's what the parable means. And, and oftentimes, think about this, he comes to pull them in to say, hey, you got it, right? In a sense. And oftentimes, they don't. And this is one of those times, once again, where the disciples, he was hoping when he pulled them in that they would have said, yeah, we get it. And yet, they didn't. And so, we see a turn in Jesus 
This is a different kind of speaking that he does, and I'm going to share with it as we get in the message, but I want you to kind of hear his change of voice and how he approaches them. And he called the people to him again and said to them, hear me. Some of your scriptures say, listen to me, all of you, and understand this. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Now, you know today ain't going to be easy, right? Are you okay with that? If you're not, this is the chance to use the potty. Okay. <laughs> and when he entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. Now, here's the pulling in. So now it's just them. And he said to them, then are you also, come on now, are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from the outside cannot defile it, since it enters not his heart but his stomach and his expelled chickens? You get it now? Okay. Thus he declared all foods clean. He said, get that out of your mind. That's an outside thing. You're focusing on that. You're not focusing on the... And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within... Out of the heart of a man come, looks into the list, evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they, and they can defile a man. Jesus Oh, goodness, it even gives me chills just to read this. Because, God, I know that this is not a scripture. In fact, I'm going to admit now and just confess it. As I was going back and remembering that this is the plan that you'd given me, I said, oh, God, I don't really want to go there. And I felt a strong conviction that said go there. And so today, help our hearts to be open not to Dr. Joe or Joe or Joey, but let our hearts be open to you. Because I believe when our hearts are open to you in these things, true, true life change can come. Freedom can come. So God, let us focus on your will today. Keep us from thinking on the things of the enemy and thinking on the things of you. And so we rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And we ask today that you would come in your fullness and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So he gathers them in. And I kind of picture this as like when we're out with our family, things happen. And then when we get in the van, we say, now listen, we know you heard this, right? But it's not good to take that on. That's not a good pattern. You shouldn't say those words. You should. So we kind of are always teaching our children when we go out and then we come in. And, and here's Jesus saying, okay, he brings them in and says, what do you mean you don't understand? I mean, you're with me all the time. You, sh you should get this. I and so I think today we have a kind of new, fresh understanding. And that is if we really want to be an authentic follower and not a fan then we have to understand that Jesus is concerned about the inward. 
And he is concerned about the outward because the inward dictates what comes out on the outside. And so today we have to understand that Jesus is most concerned with your heart. And if you really want to be a follower that hears and sees and walks with and engages and understands Jesus' heart, then you have to understand the things that separate our heart from his heart. And this is probably, knowing what's coming, the hardest week. Now I'm just going to set up a couple of things before we cover three significant things here. And most of you will say, we've heard this preached over and over again, and I I want you to look at it from a different perspective. I love here, um, Jesus says, listen to me. Here, you translate it, and Jesus was beginning to step into a different kind of authoritative role. Well, what do you mean? He was going from teacher to saying, hey, you're going to need me, and you're going to need to be close to me to understand, okay, what bothers me, what isn't okay with me. In fact, when you translate this, he was going from like loving father to listen to me. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this with people, but where you've had to kind of stop it and say, listen, just stop, listen to me. It could be in a classroom, it could be at a workplace, it could be with your family, it could be with your spouse. I'm done, listen. Jesus gets very, very strict and he says, listen to me. Translate it there as that word, very significant. Jesus steps into a new kind of authoritative role. He begins now, and we see this in his ministry when you line it up chronologically, that in this time period, Jesus begins to exert his authority. Now, let's just be honest, right? Whether in the church or outside of the church, we're not a fan of authority. Oftentimes, in our marriage, my wife will say to me when I come home and say, I just don't understand why they can't, and she will say, it's because you're the authority. And it doesn't matter if it's Joe, if it's, put, put, put the name there, it's a, that's the authority. And so sometimes we look at the vessel so we don't have to look at the giver. And I say, you know what, you're right. But see, Jesus begins to tell them, hey, I am the authority from heaven. I am speaking about things that I can see that you have hidden and not let others see. I see it. I know it. I get it. And Jesus insists that people hear him here. This is different than the scenario last week. The very like loving, patient. He changes here. And it's okay for Jesus to change. Because, see, now he begins to teach us, right, what actual holiness is. This is the passage on holiness that Jesus brings to us right from the beginning. In fact, interestingly enough, um, he uses the word, I don't know how to say these words, but it's four times in this passage. It's spelled A-N-T-H-R-O-P-O-S, anthropos. Is that good? Not like anthrax, but anthropos, okay? So start with the an and then throw in the four times. He uses that as a pronouncement, talking about just the truth that he is not too pleased with humans. 
Do you feel like in your life that sometimes, if you were just honest, that he's just not too pleased with you? (laughs) You know, sometimes even when we're stepping in sin, we know that this can't make God's heart happy. Let's just be honest. In In a sanctuary this size, many of you, the lists that I read off that came from Jesus, you're living in those. Not willing or ready to release them. And so... Mark's description, translation, understanding of humankind is not as bright as the other Gospels if you compare it. And especially here, you see a different side of Jesus. Jesus was tired, exasperated. Translated here, Jesus was like, you don't get it? What do you mean? You hear me all the time. I I believe that, unfortunately, God still does that. People near and dear to his heart. And he's saying, you don't get it? How can you not get it? You've been in church for, you've heard, you've walked. He uses a different language here. He was frustrated. So what did he do? Well, he focused on the heart. You say, well, pastor, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Jesus, if he can get our heart, he can get the rest of us. Right? If he can get to our heart, then he can get the rest of us. And you say, well, that's really basic. But I know and believe today that not every person here today's heart is fully allowing itself to be exposed to God. So Jesus focused on the heart. And what did he do? Well, here's the thing. Let's just be honest and realistic, right? We know, okay, that the Pharisees, that the Sadducees, that the leaders of the day, they focused on a lot of ritualistic things. Now, Jesus doesn't say, well, they're all wrong and they're all... What he says is, because you focused on this, you were not able to focus on... And here's what's crazy, church. Let's just be honest. This is so relevant to church today. I grew up with people focusing on the exterior, right, and not the interior. I really believe it's significant. This is a word that's still for us. So he basically says, and this is a good thing because I made all these apple pies to freeze for my Sunday school class, and so we're having a party in in the fall, and I thought, I'm going to do, is that a good idea? The apples are falling from the tree. They're free. You know what I'm saying? Free equals good. And so um, we had an apple pie last night, so I'm glad that what comes in is not, you know what I'm saying, like, now gluttony is a different story, but he ain't worried about what y'all are eating. Because you know what they did? They did a lot of focus on, well, you know, you ate this on this day and you shouldn't have. You know, on Saturday you should only, and you know what that does? It diverts. Y'all ever divert? Come on now, many of you are diverting from God right now, and you're saying, I don't want to hear this. Because I like to lust. I don't want to hear this because I like to have pride. I don't want to hear this because I like my way. And so Jesus said, stop focusing on the in and out. Your body will deal with that and it will get rid of it. I want to deal with what is not seen, but what I see so clearly. And that's the heart. Have you ever had a broken heart? Come on now. I'm glad you said yes, because I would say, come on now. 
You know you've had a broken heart. Somebody broke it yesterday, Friday. Let's just be honest. When people pass away, you have a, a broken heart. I can look around and see people that right now have a broken heart. And that's okay. We're allowed to have that. Why? Because he intended the heart to be the seat, the center, right, of all of who we are. In fact, Scripture tells us that it's understood as, as what we really are. And so where your heart is, is where you are. When your heart's broken, it's hard to get away from that. When your heart is weary, it's hard to get away from that. When your heart is unsure, it's hard to get away from that. Why? Because it's the center of who you are. People manifest who they essentially are in the behavior that is rooted in their heart. So who you really are, what comes out on the outside, starts with the heart. And see, Jesus knew that your emotion, that your understanding, that your receiving of certain things starts with the heart. The inner life of people generates the community-destroying behavior described in the list to follow. Because here's the thing, everything that he lists off, and I want you to think about this, when you step into those things, it doesn't just hurt you. In fact, I don't think I'd have as many meetings if it just hurt the person. Because oftentimes we let ourselves go so far in sin that it isn't until the loved one comes in and says, I don't know what else to do. I need to just tell you, this person needs help. Their heart is hurting. Their heart is broken. And so they're comforting themselves in these ways. So they're building walls because of and when it comes down to it, it's the heart. And then as we begin to step into those things, man, it produces behaviors. So I want you to think this morning about your heart. Where is it? Where is it? If it's broken... Is it for a good reason? And could Jesus come and minister in that reason? Is it broken because you're really living out sin? Jesus can come in and change it. Is it broken because of the past? And so you cope with the list. Jesus can come in. Why? Because he's most concerned about the heart. Because the heart is the center. Your heart is the center. And today, Jesus is concerned about your heart. If no one else is in your mind, and you say, well, no one else cares, he does. Second thing is, and I want you to think about this, because Jesus doesn't do things unintentionally. He does things very intentionally, and he starts the list out with what? He describes her from within, out of the heart of man, come, and he begins. Evil intentions. Do you know what evil intentions do to the church? Come on now. A couple of times that I read this, I actually cried. Because I can think of people when I was a kid. 
I can think of people that my father-in-law sits and shares with me about. The man who stood in the back as they dismissed and said, don't listen to anything that man says. Now, that wouldn't be me. I always say to him, when he tells that story, I'd go up to that man and say, this isn't the place, this is God's place. He said, well, I didn't feel that way because he's different than me. I think about people at my other church. I think about people that spoke to my parents in the church. And I think about here. Because some come with evil intentions. And Jesus started with that. Why? Because he was dealing with a people, a system, that was setting everything up perfectly on the outside, but their intentions for him and the future kingdom of God were evil. And unfortunately, it's still destroying his kingdom. Evil intentions, evil thoughts. Jesus is basically redefining holiness. What do you mean? Well, you all know your Bibles well. And there was all these things that they had to do to be right. From eating to what they did on certain days to what they did at festivals. All needing to be done. But all needing to be redefined because Jesus was saying these things are soon not going to be necessary in fact, much of he said, now that I'm here, it's not even necessary. It'll be even less necessary when I go to the cross. Thankfully for us, that's true. Because I just don't think if you study the Old Testament or read through your Bible every year or listen to it, I think we're pretty sure that we didn't want to, and I say this often, have to follow those things and guidelines and list. Maybe you're a list person, you're like, I would like a list. Well, I'll give you one, okay? I can give you a new one. But Jesus is redefining holiness here. Sorry. In Jesus' view, defilement comes from within the human heart. And so we've got to go to the inner thoughts of a man, of a woman. Think about this. And I love this. I was looking at the translation and it's talking about inner debates. Did you know we really do talk to ourselves? Y'all ever talk to yourself? Yes, you did it like two minutes ago. You know what I'm saying? You're thinking about what I'm saying, and you're in your mind, and you're doing what? You're debating. Interestingly enough, it translates as that. It translates as a debate, discussion, consideration, dispute, doubt, opinion, and quarrel all in your own mind. That's crazy, right? But when I read the list this week, I thought, you know what? It makes total sense because I'm constantly quarreling in my head. Is this God? Is this not? Is this, I mean, do you do that? I mean, as you read and understand God's word, are you constantly refining in your mind? So he's saying here, you are constantly debating, discussing, considering, disputing, doubting, having opinions, and quarreling with your inner thoughts. And so why would he begin with come evil intentions? Your translation may say come evil thoughts because he had to get to the root of it and it all comes from the inside and the heart is a battleground you want to know what i mean all right let's do it you know sometimes we fall in love with somebody right and we're just convinced that that's the person 
And we, we are so convinced that we go to that person and we let them know, and they say, I'm sorry, I'm in love with so-and-so. And then we debate in our mind, well, wait a minute, if I was so convinced, this has to be. And so we press in, and that person continues to say, I'm still in love with so-and-so. And so something there probably didn't see, right? Didn't get the hints, didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, did, didn't see eye to eye with that other person. And so they got it wrong, and they were, they were kind of misleading themselves. This is what's happened here. Those that Jesus was talking to on the outside were not seeing him. They weren't really in love with him. They weren't understanding that Jesus was on another page in love with those that want what's right from the inside out, not from the outside in. Very, very different scenario than what they were used to. Because if everything looked right, it was right. Think about this. Many of us think we hold our evil intentions for others, for the church, inside. But I, I don't believe it's true. I believe it comes out in some way. I believe that when we have evil intentions, they issue evil actions. Because it's hard. When you feel a certain way and you're capping it yourself, you know how long that cap stays on? Not very long. You know why? Because you know what's coming along, right? The enemy. And he loves to trigger people. And so he knows your trigger and he knows your cabinet. So he comes by with your triggers over and over and over and over again. You have a problem with sexual immorality. You know the enemy knows that somehow. And you know what he does? He triggers and triggers and triggers. And you're like, all I did was, I've heard this, I just turned the TV on. Yeah, you know, you can't just turn the TV on anymore. It isn't like when I grew up, if you hit it during a commercial, you may see a half-naked woman or man. It just is the reality. You better get you something where you can look at reruns or not look at the commercials. Because you know why? The enemy knows your trigger, so why wouldn't he have the TV set the minute you, or when you go to your email, have the ad that's, why wouldn't he? He's good. But the problem is, is that when evil comes into our heart, it is so hard to keep the, and since the enemy knows the, those evil intentions stay. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds so harsh because like I don't, I don't do that because I have evil intentions. The problem is, is that evil is evil and good is good. It's hard to separate them. You say, well, it's just, just me doing it to me. Well, doesn't God care about you? <laughs> and so isn't he sad when you do it to you? Just as sad as it is when it bleeds out and does it to... And see, the problem is if we don't stop evil, we're just a fan. Who says, I'm so glad that so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so get it. I just don't. So how do we stop evil? Well, we listen to Jesus. And we go back to point one, which is figure out where our heart is and then figure out how to reconnect our heart to him. Thankfully, 
you know, Jesus was frustrated here. He said, will you all just listen to me? Thankfully, even in his frustration with us, he listens. When we finally say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to get to the heart of things. He's going to be right there, willing, ready. So the list. All right, now you know, if you look up just this one scripture, there is so much debate out there, okay? And you know I'm not going to go there because there's a lot of things. Some would say, well, Jesus never said, but he did say and he didn't. And, and you know where I'm going and what I'm saying with all that. And so we're going to skip all that, okay? And we're just going to say right now, if you're here in this sanctuary, I want you to think about your heart. Not what the USA thinks or not what political thinks or not what I want you to just think today on the list for you, not your neighbor. And so we've got this list, six of them, plural, another reason, right? Because the first six are plural, meaning lots connected to each of them. <clears throat> the last are singular, a little bit different. Let's start with the first one. And we're just going to give an overview. Sexual immorality. Now here's the problem, and, and here's where Jesus was going. I'm going to give you a list, is what he's saying to the people, of what comes out of a heart. And that's what matters. And so this matters to Jesus, whether it matters to you or not. Whether it makes you uncomfortable or not, Jesus said, this is what matters for my people. So if one of these things on this list, you're not able to come in line with who cares about your neighbor? Because Jesus cares about this list, or he would not have spoken it. But you know what we do with this list? We make it if, well, you know what? If I come to the altar at the end of this service, they're going to think that I'm, who cares? You know why? Because church, someone said to me on Friday, there's a lot of death in this church. I said, there's a lot of death everywhere. You know why? The enemy wants to get rid of you. And so, yes, there is. And death is uncertain. And so when the Lord speaks, you better say, yeah, I don't care about my neighbor because my time is short. No matter how long you're given here. And so we look at the list. It's significant. He starts out with the heart. because He says, you know what? If you have a heart problem, I can't get to the, the list. And so if you have a heart problem then that's the first thing you have to deal with. And then if your intention, so everything that's coming out is not in line with God, then you've got an intention problem. And then he goes on to the list and says, now let's get started. Because here's the thing, you know what we do in society? We deal with the list and not the heart. And then the intentions. And, then the, and we wonder why the programs don't always work. Why? Because the only thing that can adjust the heart is Jesus. The only thing that's adjusted my heart from the things that were instilled in it for 18 years is Jesus. And if you're expecting something else, it will probably keep it at bay for some time. But ain't, it's not going to keep it at bay for good. Because Jesus gave us a beautiful process and said, let me deal with the heart. And then let's see what comes out of your heart. If some evil, then there's still a problem with the heart. Because I can't really deal with the list if the heart's not. And if you really want to be a follower, then you better get okay with working on your heart. 
So he begins this list with sexual immorality. It's defilement from the most inner part of who we are. And it's ravaging the United States. It really is. Look at what these different industries make. It has increased tremendously. You'd be surprised the billions a day. It's now a day that are being spent. And you know what? It's not far from these walls. And it's not far from any wall in any church in this day. And here, here's the problem with it, is that it defiles the innermost parts of who we are. Why? Because it comes from the inside. Jesus was saying, I'm no wor- I don't want to worry about the apple pie on Saturday or the shrimp you ate on Saturday when you're not supposed to. You should know what I mean. He said, I'm worried about what's going to actually keep you from seeing who I really am. And it starts with the fact that we are sexual beings, that God's created us that way, and there's beauty to that. But everything that God created in beauty, the enemy has destroyed. Every picture, every image, every thought that isn't of God slowly deteriorates how we see and view sexuality. And the world is doing a tremendous job at taking our view and getting it far, far, far away from God's. And maybe that's something today that you deal with on a daily. And oftentimes when I deal with people that deal with this, they say it's an everyday, why? Because the enemy knows. Why? Because it comes from the very inner parts of your created being. And here's the key to this. It's a desire for more beyond what is necessary and good. Because it is good. It is necessary. If we want earth to go whatever, procreation, it is necessary. It is good. God created it that way. But it's when we have to go beyond, which is what the enemy draws us to. It's when we have to go beyond that the heart has to They work together. And they show a heart that's missing inner direction. You say, what do you mean? When you're lost in those things, in your thoughts that are sexually immoral, when you're lost on your computer, on your phone, it's really because you've lost direction. And that's heartbreaking to Jesus. And so he wants to bring back direction fulfillment, wholeness. Then we get this list of theft, murder, adultery. We get to envy. Translates as an evil eye. Interesting, right? You know, in the American Bible, we just, let's not do evil eye because we don't want people to think they got an evil eye, right? It, it just is the truth. Because all of this is evil. All of it isn't what God intended. And so our eyes begin to, and interestingly enough, so, because we want to think of envy as our normal envy, 
and I'm kind of skipping some of these. But I want you to think of this as an evil eye and the heart, it all goes back to we're not seeing as God is seeing. And he wants us to see how he sees. But the only way we can see how he sees is if we have a heart that bleeds for him. So I could spend all day on each one of these, right? But the problem roots at the heart seeing the way. And so if the heart is maladapted to sin, it's going to be evil. And it just all works together. Holiness requires what? And many of you are good old Nazarenes. It requires us to focus on the inner intentions of people, not on external identity markers. Because you know what we do when we're diverting? We look at, can I tell you something funny? It's not funny, but I'll tell you something funny. Oftentimes, sit with pastors, they say the same thing. In fact, I talked to one recently uh, going through a struggle and and, um, you know, my question always is, well, how did that loss impact the church? And well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, what was the impact? You know, financially, service. Well, there really wasn't one. And I'm like, okay. So it tells you where the heart is. You know, people leave the church. I go to Pastor Klinger. Well, how did it affect the church? I look at the ministries. Well, how did it affect the church? Well, I don't know. I don't see any difference. Huh. Come on now, church. Where your heart, where your money, where your time, where your... And then we wonder when people leave the church while the bulletin doesn't change or the end of the year thing doesn't change or people don't miss you in the ministry. Because see, if we're holiness people, serving and living in holiness, when evil leaves, it isn't willing to change and has heard everything. Y'all don't like that, do you? It's hard. But you know, you know who you are. When you leave, there should be a hole and a big old one, like the Luna hole, I call it, the defer hole, I call it. But you know, I could, I could step out and gossip and say a whole list where there ain't no hole. You know why? The heart. The heart. What is holiness about? Jesus said holiness is no longer what comes in. It's all about what comes out. Because that tells me, as the one you're going to have to get through, where you are. And I have to be honest, I still work on my heart, don't I? Every day. When I snap, when I get frustrated, when I say I just can't handle more, it's a heart issue. It isn't a capacity issue because God gives, has given me the capacity to do what he's called me to do. It's a heart issue. It's a, I don't feel like it. It's a I'm more important. It's a pride. Did you see that in the list? Because let's just be honest. In a first service traditional, right, I rely on most of you the most here at the church. I think highly of you I need you 
and not because I need you, the Lord needs you to be the vessels. And those of us that have been in the church, and you don't think I'm that old, but I've been in the church a long time. My mother birthed me and came like the Sunday after to an all-Spanish-speaking church and wondered why when I was five that I didn't know anything. You know what I'm saying? But that's okay. But pride gets in the way of holiness. Because you know what it does? When we have people over, it keeps us busy about the ministry, the pastor, the redemptive work. Merely external conformity is not Jesus' hope for you. It's the greatest mistake in the church of God. Across denominational lines, it is the greatest. And so Mary, would you mind if you would come and play? Some of you today are living external conformity. Some of you today came in with evil intentions for the morning. I hope nobody listens to that, Pastor. You know, it's, it's hard because it's not about the pastor. It's about that which sent the pastor. And it doesn't matter the name but what do we do? We deflect because we don't want to deal with the heart, with the intentions, with the sexuality, with the pride, with the lies, with the deceit, with the envy that have everything to do with the innermost parts of who we are and nothing to do with anything else. But when our heart is wrong, it usually develops an action and the action usually, in our mind, builds us up and puts someone else down. Spouse, friend, teacher, parent. It usually builds us up and puts the blame on somebody else. Which you know what, a lot of things on this list that started probably were due to other introductions, other examples. The problem is eventually they become something we have to get right. And so, Jeff, if you would turn the lights down, because these are always hard moments. There are some things here that some of us need to deal with. It may be a heart issue. It may be an intention. But it may just be a heart full of pride, a heart concerned about it may be an area sexually. It may be the eye. It could be adultery. It could be wanting what everybody else has. And as Jesus said, all these things are evil. And they're pulling you away from me. And so if you would sincerely keep your heads bowed your eyes closed and maybe you just want to respond today by stepping forward and coming to the altar and saying you know what Lord my heart ain't right it's a grumpy little heart 
that needs more of you. You know what? I am dealing with things that are sexually just not your best. I am struggling with being deceitful. I'm having a hard time with my mouth slandering. I am prideful. And you know what? Today, Jesus, I don't want to be that. I don't want to live like that. I want to be released of the weight and the pressure and the heaviness because it's heavy. I drag it around. I have to pick it up to get it out of the way and then put it back down. Today's the day to take that heaviness that the enemy has convinced us is light, but boy, it isn't light. It's heavy. And maybe today you're feeling that heaviness and you just want to say, no, I'm done. I release it. <laughs>